It's a show about change. Welcome to Bob's Basement. Here's your host, Bob Willett. Welcome to Bob's Basement. Joining me in my basement virtually right now from his palatial estate is Steve Anthony. Steve Anthony is a broadcaster. He's an entrepreneur. He's a voice actor. Steve Anthony is an icon, really, in uh, in Canadian broadcast history from his time at Much Music. I've been lucky enough to work with Steve on at least one occasion, maybe more. Steve, thanks for joining me today. Um, you forgot something. Thanks, Bob, um, for having me. Uh, you forgot that I'm also an emoji. You are an emoji. Absolutely. You are the, which yeah. emoji are you, Steve? I, I'm the one that has its hands, palms facing up. Like I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> that, 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 that's me. That's the one. Okay. They, they went, like let's, it. let's, yeah, there we go. Okay, let's, I like we, it. We come up with an emoji for Steve. How about clueless? Okay. There we go. <laughs> so I sent, so I sent you the, uh, kind of the, you know, the pitch, the 30 second pitch for what Bob's basement podcast is about. And it's about change. And you came to mind because your career has changed. Uh, a lot over the course of uh, over the course of the years, um, from uh, radio broadcaster to VJ to voice actor, and um, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you about how you deal with change, both welcome and unwelcome. Well, I would love to tell you that I, um, I'd love to tell you that I have not been dismissed from jobs, right? Which would mean that all of those changes of which you spoke were. Um, planned <laughs> um well that's the point it's the, the, they're not all planned it, it, are they no i will say that um almost all of them were, were um were serendipitous okay uh because it, it came out came out the other end always better okay always better like it was never for very fortunately i i'm i'm sure you've you felt this yourself is is um there are there are people who are most superb at what they do, and have been their careers have been kiboshed. I'm not trying to make the world seem evil, but you know, like hell, in a world where Donald Trump can be president of the United States, um, you know that the best man for the job ain't got it. <laughs> so, right? So, so yeah. So, uh, but but from my perspective, in retrospect, because I look back on it, there wasn't really a mistake um so i mean there you, wasn't there wasn't anything that i did or anything that befell me that wasn't ultimately beneficial to me so what you're what i'm kind of reading between the lines is even you know to uh to to, to dumb it down even when you were fired you ended up coming out better on the other side i didn't say i was fired i never said i was fired well I'm you hear me you say the word fire no no i'm Pardon? asking you that i or or no restructured? i'll never reveal that restructured I, what what restructuring or um, <laughs> moving in a different you know if way. I said to you I always left of my own volition right. that would imply okay that I had never been fired right well, I never said that right okay um, I'm a man of words you see so you have to be exacting with me or I'll I'll, I'll mess with you okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right Steve I get it um, I understand. okay okay, no, okay, okay not so, fired let me let me okay when you okay this is let me go with this way then. When you have had change that was unexpected and unwelcomed, how did you? Uh, and not necessarily unexpected. I'm going to semantic you and Corey. Okay, sure. It wasn't necessarily unexpected either, okay. whether it was 
whether it was warranted, whether it was um, um, uh, appreciated, <laughs> whether it was whether it was whether it was mutual, I'm not going there. Right. But um, yes. Yeah, so your 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 question now that I have clarity is what? My question is what got you through those moments of change that oh. were not welcome? Hmm. Um, uh, I would, I would say, um, uh, for veracity, uh, a, a, a self, I was going to say a self-loathing. No, <laughs> a, a yeah, self-loathing. I hate myself so much. I had to do better. Uh, no, it was, uh, it was ultimately knowing that, um, I'm not, I wouldn't blame myself for what befell me, even, even if I was somehow the cause of it in some way, um, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm better than this. I, you know, like that old, you know, guy smiley or whatever his name is from SNL, you know, he says, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh, darn it. People like me. Uh, so I, I, that was a lot of it. I was able to to do that, and I again, I'm very fortunate in that. Um, in that, I made sure this is something. This is actually something for your for your listeners. It might be appreciated. I made sure that I was uh, at least in broadcasting. I was really skilled, or I was really learned in many things. So, um, you know, I knew how to do things technically uh, if I had to. I knew how to do stuff in the field. Um, I knew how to produce. Um, I knew how to cull information from the smallest bits of, of stuff that I could absorb. Um, I, I could make myself available on a short-term basis to, to people who needed something done. I, I, and only because not not because I'm good, uh, just because I, I worked really, really hard to make sure I had those skills, that skill set. Uh, so that if there was any opportunity anywhere, if I was between gigs, I would be able to fit in there. Should somebody want me, uh, and they want you because you've got all those skills. So it's kind of a, it's like a catch 22. Do you have the skills? Yes. And we need those skills. Um, so yeah. So, so, I mean, for example, I'll even say this, um, what happened was with, um, CP 24 breakfast, was uh well why i why i was even uh, was there um was something that happened well befell us the radio station changed hands and i was actually the last person of the old guard to be asked to go so um so that was great i mean it was it was like i said it was inevitable but um it wasn't it wasn't surprising but it but it took a long time for it to happen which is great so I was, um, CP24 breakfast had not gone on the air yet. It, ha- it hadn't started. So they hadn't, they didn't have their staff, their on air people. And they asked me to come and audition, which I did. And then disappointingly, they said, uh, we're going with someone else. I won't get into the details of it, but someone, um, who had been on TV. I hadn't been on TV for a long time. So someone who'd been on TV anyway, they said, but we want you. So tell you what, we're going to, we're going to put you in a helicopter and you're going to fly around the city and pretend to do traffic. Why? I said, I said, I, I'm glad you got that. Cause I have no idea how yeah. to do traffic. Okay, There's right. a skill set there. Yeah, I don't absolutely. have. Sure. 
Like this is Bob, you can see me right now, but literally in the, in the, in the helicopter, in order to know where West was, I had to find North. So depending on which way the helicopter was going, I would, (laughs) I'd have to point myself in that direction. So, right, move right. Your body. so, so I'm on, so I, so I'd be on camera in, in it. And then I go, you know, traffic westbound and I go and I have to go westbound and I'd have to turn and find where West was. Cause I didn't know looking down below whether it was westbound or eastbound right. or northbound. Sure. And, um, because they wanted me on the show because they knew that, um, I would benefit the show. Um, not as a, not as a reporter doing traffic but in some other way. So I I was, I was literally the, I was literally the traffic reporter that had no idea what to do. And so (laughs) all my other skills, like spontaneousness and your improvisational skills, funny, a little funny at time and being sarcastic that all came out. And so that worked out. And then three months after I was doing that, they, they put me at the desk. They, they replaced the guy that was there. Right. So, you know, had they not done that, had they not done that, then they would have just gotten rid of that guy. And I don't know if they'd come looking at my, at me, but, but that was how that happened. But your, so you, what, basically your, um, your flexibility, your, uh, your, right. Yeah. Your ability. God, God you're kind of, such kind of a try wordsmith. Everything. You're, 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 well, well, yeah. yeah, that's right. You should, you should be able to, if you, if you figure you know it all, there's something wrong with you. And really, absolutely. Um, you, no matter, no matter what it is, like, um, I'm, I've been in broadcasting for a bajillion years, but along the way, I made sure that people I interviewed, I found out more about what they did. I'm trying to be helpful. Here. I'm not trying to be boastful, by the way. Um, I Please. found out what they did and how they did it and um, got a little bit of the skill set on what it was they did, especially even things I, even things I wasn't terribly interested in. I would make an effort to find out about it more and, and go down that road and kind of have that in my satchel if it was needed. And that's how I went from, from, from job to job or from um, responsibility to responsibility and was able to pull it off. Well, the first time I met you, um, it was an interesting experience for me because I felt that I knew you, and I, I, I'm sure you get this uh, from time to time, from all your years on television, uh, and especially the way you were on television uh, in those early years on Much Music, you, you, you seemed very approachable, and while you, your frenetic energy was always uh, uh, infectious, and, but you seemed, like, you seemed like a cool dude. Seemed like a good guy to hang out with. And the first time I met you was early 2000s when the Humble and Fred show was coming to Mix 99.9. And you were doing the right. morning You were doing the morning show at the time and going to move to afternoons at that right. time. And you were... So I come in as the producer of the Humble and Fred show to operate the board, which I'd never operated that particular board at Mix 99.9. And you go to show me how to operate your board. Well, operating Steve Anthony's board is an interesting <laughs> phenomenon because often what happens, and this is a, ultimately, this is a long story to get to a compliment. Steve just pushes you out of the way and says, here, I'll just do it for the opening of the show. Because there's so many elements going on. And I had never seen a jock of your experience level. And this is back again in the early 2000s who knew how to operate his own board and knew how to operate his own board in the way that you knew how to operate a board. So I'm just telling the story to reiterate what you said about knowing a little bit of everything 
because you had so many elements in your opening of a show that <laughs> that was just it was it was amazing to watch. I was like, "What is this guy doing?" You had Vox Pro going, and I think you had a reel to reel of your own. I'm I'm not sure, but yeah. <laughs> but watching you do that was was amazing because you know I, I'll be honest, working with Humble and Fred, those guys didn't know how to operate a board. They didn't know what to do. They always had their producer there to do it. But you, at right. that point in your career, you knew how to do it, and and and, and, yeah. and very well, by the way. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, thank you. The, the, uh, it was, I'm reflecting on you saying that when I realize right now that um, because of the way things are te- technically, uh, a jock now can hit one button. Oh, yeah, do everything that you did. <laughs> yeah, and do everything, everything that I did that took like 25 elements to just go boop. And it, it was so. You know, and it's like, you know what it is? It's like old guy. You'll never understand. You, you know, know you kids do. have it so good. God, you never know back in the day. <laughs> that kind of bullshit. <laughs> no, it's true. I find that now. I'm 20 plus. Years, so, I mean, that was early 2000s. I'd been with Humble and Fred four or five years at that point. And, you know, so I'm like 22 years into this. What do you think now with, you know, you're from Montreal originally, right? And uh, been in radio and TV what do you? What would you say are the biggest changes to broadcast uh, that you've seen, for good for good or for bad, uh, recently? Well, it's at a it's at a crux right crux right now. You'll you will uh, agree with me that a, a good number of years ago, when radio stations decided that they should be leaner, um, so they. They, and one example that I'll just get to right away is that they got rid of their overnight shows. They either voice tracked something or brought in a syndicated show. And so little markets, even tiny markets, where someone who loved the idea of radio, and it is a, it's a, a monster. Once you get the bug, it's impossible to get out. I mean, to, to get over it, you would go to this terrible little town because you have zero skills, but they're willing because of your enthusiasm to, to give you a shot. And over the course of a year, year and a half, you'll learn what it is to be a broadcaster. They didn't exist. So we don't, we, there was no farm team um, at all for right. radio. So that was years ago. So now it is now, now right now, um, the, 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 when you were the part of the farm team, you learn things um, that you had to learn. You learn how to navigate this and how to do that and how to rip wire and, and you, know, how, you know, how to change this and do that. You learn those skills. Okay, so that, that's out of the picture. And so then it, then it went to the program directors being – they're no longer called program directors, are they, Bob? They're called brand managers, aren't they? It depends on the company, but basically, yeah, brand manager, because it's a little more encompassing because you're talking about you're talking about your brand online. You're talking about your brand anywhere. People can listen, streaming, that kind of thing. But they're still program directors. Right. Okay. The difference well, is they now have five stations for one program director. Or, oh, okay. You know, so that's the pretty much the same thing. thing. But, yeah, but that being said, um, they are – and I've got all kinds of examples of this. They are responsible – to um, 
they're responsible to a lot of times people uh, above them who are not willing to allow them to make mistakes. Like if you were on the farm team, you're allowed to make mistakes. That was the whole aspect of it. Now it is, there's no farm team anymore. You could be a farm team of, as a program director in a small town, but it's probably not even the case anymore because all the small town radio stations are owned by bigger companies. And so mm-hmm. the mandate comes down from up above. Is this what we're going to do? This is how we're going to do it, blah, blah, blah. So it's basically, you know, more like a, a person who executes things than anything else. And as a consequence of that, announcers have to do the same thing. So it's, it's less, it's less the ability to be creative and know how to do things as it is to execute what you're being told to do. That might be insulting for a lot of people. And it certainly isn't the case for morning shows, but that's the exception to the rule. The rest of the time is, you know, they, they've told, they tell you, they've told you things like, well, you know, you, you should be able to get personality out in a seven second run up on a record. <laughs> R- really? Yeah. That, that, so you're telling me that I'm more skilled if I can try and get personality in seven seconds than giving me two minutes to actually be a personality. That's where it is right now. Um, from, from what I listen to. Um, but again, I, I've not been in radio for quite a while. I mean, we're talking 10 years since I've been in it. Right. Um, you know, I do stuff for it, but I have not been reliant on, on a paycheck from radio for over 10 years. Do you miss radio and TV? Like sure. on a regular basis? No, 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 no. Um, uh, would I enjoy doing it again? Probably, but it's the same thing. Like it's the same, <laughs> same thing like kids. I, I love my godchildren and all that stuff, but I can give them back. I don't have to keep them. <laughs> Right. So yeah. Um, with, with a radio job, if that's my source of income, I got to keep it. Yeah. So it, it was, I'm an old bastard too, you know, like I'm not young. So it, uh, given the opportunity to stop doing, you know what it was, Bob, it was, I didn't want to have to be in a certain place at a certain time to do what it is that I, that I was doing. And unfortunately you you have to be for the most part. Well, now with COVID nineteen, it's it's an entirely different animal. But <laughs> you have to be in Toronto, in this radio station or at this TV studio between these hours to do your job. And I didn't want that anymore. I didn't want to have to. It wasn't a matter of getting up early because I, I get up at three three thirty. You did too. And people go, boy, boy, you must be so happy. You don't have to wake up at three o'clock in the morning. Went, well, I wasn't really the drag of it. The drag was that I had to be in Toronto all the time. And, right. and no offense to Toronto. I love Toronto. But I couldn't be elsewhere, you know. You, you, the, rule, the rule of thumb, too, also, which, which will make some people kind of laugh in radio, you, you never took more than seven days on holiday because if you're doing 10 days, then you lose your job. That was right? the thing. You go away for two weeks, you're going to get fired. <laughs> right. Because yeah, they, 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 yeah. yeah, they figure out how, the, how, to, how to do it without you. Mike Cooper told <laughs> so, me that legendary. Six eight, yeah. Six eight, yeah. One of the first things he ever told me actually right around the same time that you, cause 97, three was uh, easy rock. Mike Cooper was there with Christine Cardoso while you were uh, on mix 99.9. And one of the first, I was a big Mike Cooper, Tom rivers, six eighty, you know, six eighty CFTR fan here in Toronto. Yeah. And one of the first things that Mike Cooper told me, don't ever go on vacation for two weeks, kid. <laughs> mine, mine was 10 days yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. To, to, like on the 11th day you don't have a job You'd be gone yeah so that'd be it so yeah. let's talk so, this- but, but to but to, to 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 get back to what you know the mandate of your 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 broadcast is um you know i i would say in order to make it through the, the oh yeah 
always put some money aside for a rainy day, kids. Yeah, fair. Make sure you take make sure you take ten percent out of every paycheck and put it away. Um, there's there's that, of course. Um, the the reinventing yourself, like if there if there if you if you did if you had that. I mean, God, it sounds so it sounds like so grandfathery, but if you of your own volition or somebody fires you and you have that time instead of freaking out using that time because you're able to support yourself because you put money aside to actually garner another skill not that you're going to learn not that that that's the skill that's going to get you your next job but but it's like the it's like driving um driving to to work from scarborough into downtown toronto or or worse say you know oakville to downtown toronto and such if you if you don't learn another language <laughs> or, while you're doing or, that or so yeah or so, something along the way you're really wasting your time right you, like learn with the downtime do something with your life son yes and learn you know, something you can call it grandfatherly but you know what sometimes those grandfathers were right you know they, like there's yeah. a reason they 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 accurate all that knowledge and uh yeah you do as you get older you feel like i mean i was doing it most recently as the program director at uh at k-light in hamilton talking to the kid you know the kids on the street team you know and it's like well when i was your age i'm 44 yeah. years old for god's sake <laughs> um let's I- if I if I was half a man, you kids, I'd. <laughs> uh, yeah, like sounds cliche, but it's true. Always grow. Yeah. Don't don't stop growing. Uh, well, what led to and, your what 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 led to your growth? Like what I mean, there was the idea. I, I get that you didn't want to be in one place, and that and the ability having the skill set that you have to be able to do the voice work that you do, but. Th- then you take a hard left turn, and now you're you're running, uh, you're 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 running a, an empire of uh, of rental <laughs> properties around the world. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that. Uh, like, how, where did that come from? Okay, so Prince Edward County is a different animal. Um, you're as you were saying. You, well, before we went on air, actually, because you you kind of grew up around, or you you've, you you yeah, spent no, time around here when you were younger. Um, it's a it's a really special, not a very large place, but very very special little community. Uh, as as many as uh, you know, the millions mi- millions, I, it's getting up there. Really, is of people who come here mm-hmm. uh, during the six months of April, May, June, July, August, September, kind of October. Um, this this entire island only has on a good day has maybe twenty five thousand people living here. Right. Um, I, I really like small communities. I didn't first, the first small community I lived in was Timmins, Ontario, my first job. And I hated it. I just hated the small town feel. I just, you know, I was just this snotty nosed kid from Montreal who thought better and everybody's a, you know, st- stupid Northern Ontario hick. Um, and then a friend of mine whom I think, you know, Pete Marier, do you know, Pete? I don't know if I Montreal? do. No. Okay. Anyway, he's uh, he's a longtime Montreal broadcaster. Um, he was my best friend uh, when we were growing up. We fell in love with radio. So I got my my job first, and then uh, worked my way up the chain in about a year. You know, assistant PD, that kind of thing. And then there was an opening, and so I I I said I got this friend in Montreal. He's great. So they hired him. He stayed in Timmins. I left after eighteen months. You know, people say how long you were in. How long were you in Timmins? 
four. And I said, well, what time is it? Literally, it was like 18 months, six hours, five minutes and 30 seconds till I could get the hell out of there. Um, he stayed for four and a half years and he loved it. He just absolutely fell in love with it. And I was always envious that I did something wrong, that he could figure that out. And, and so anyway, so I always, after that, it was a lesson to be learned about liking small towns and, and what they have to offer. And they're not, you know, the people in small towns aren't all backward. <laughs> they choose to, they choose to be in a small town. Not all of them. Some of them are backward. Sure. Um, but some people live in small towns because they like being in small towns. So when we, f- we discovered Prince Edward County about 20 years ago, my wife and I, 22 years ago, we just fell in love with it. So we bought property that long ago uh, and, um, and, and would spend all our time in the summer here. Uh, my wife lived here for the last uh, six years of my, my time at um, CP24. She lived here in the summer. And she made me promise that I would only work on CP24 breakfast for five years and we would move here. Oh, wow. Figure something out. It was part of the plan. Well, yeah, except I stayed for 10. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, so when we got here, she said, now we're all in, right? I said, yeah, we're all in. So what's all in mean? Um, Well, an opportunity came. We, you know, with the advent of Airbnb and short-term accommodations, it was this place, the place next door that we bought, and um, and this and this big kind of estate, just just next door. Um, we went, yeah, well, that that's it. We'll we'll never in a million years would I own a big place, but it's a big place that is uh, makes money. It's a it's it's it's, it's an our, investor it's our, property. One of our incomes. Yeah. So I mean, so that so that was that, and. And the other stuff, which I was confident of with the five years that I, I had extra working, um, you, you, you use the skills that you've had to make sure that when you decide to move on, that you have something that's viable. And what I had and developed in the last, well, I, I shouldn't say that, 40 years, but certainly in the last five years, I developed the ability to uh, make sure people answered the phone when I called, or uh, if I wrote to them, they would write back to me. So if I wanted to get hold of the prime minister's office, I could write and I'd get hold of the prime minister's office. If I wanted to get hold of a president of a certain organization, they would they would know who I was and and they would answer the phone. So when I left, I parlayed that into being able to help organizations get where they want to be. So um, you know, they say, Steve, you know, we need to do like. I guess a lobbyist, but a little bit different than a lobbyist, um, because lobbyists, um, I guess, no different than a lobbyist. I don't even know what lobbyists do. All I all I know is there's one company that I'm working for, one company I'm working, I'm a director of, that you know they 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 need to they need to reach these people, and I get them those people. And do you think? Do you and think that's that my that, worth to them? That's do, my value. Do you think that your your broadcast? I, I would think that your broadcast history has helped with that recognition and the. Oh yeah, no, and, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Without being brought, without being in broadcasting, right. sure, it was it was the, the name Steve Anthony, but it wasn't just out of the blue. Steve Anthony phoning up, and of course you'll take a phone call from Steve Anthony. It wasn't that? I would develop these relationships, and I, the ones that I hadn't developed already, I could refer to the ones that I had developed to be able to say to the next guy, you know, yeah, I was just talking to so and so, president of blah blah blah, and you know, I thought I'd give you a call. Yeah, sure, Steve. Blah 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 blah, and then um, you know, the foot's in the door. So that was that's my value, my cat, my my cachet, um, which everybody has cachet, 
the cachet, the marquee value is what you did before that you can translate into something else. So if you're conscientious about that as you go through your career, that can be a really good springboard to what you want to do next or surviving things. That I think that sounded very profound, Bob. That's probably everything you need. That is absolutely very profound. That's it. I think you. Did I can. I think you could stop peak? this broad this this podcast. You did can we not this one, not this edition. I mean, all of it. Oh, all of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> done. Just yeah, wrap just, it up. Just, the theme of change just, is done. Steve Anthony yeah. has covered all aspects of change. That's right. I never figured out at twelve thirty nine on this day that that would be it. I'm uh, done. You've actually put me out of a job that I'm not even getting paid for. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's one of my skills. <laughs> that is very my God. Profound. Yeah, my God. I lost my job and I was, didn't even have a job. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what I was just about to say. Listening to you speak of like, you know, talking about those transferable skills as a guy who's spent 22 years in radio, uh, specifically just radio and uh, um, several kind of like you, jack of all trades, several positions in radio, music director, production, uh, promotions on air, all kinds of, you know, program director. I may be at that point now because of what you said earlier about the farm teams being gone and, uh, you know, ownership, you know, cutting things back so lean. I may be at that point where I have to start looking, going, okay, what can I do outside of outside? of Right. right? Yeah. You're not nobody. Nobody's asking you to 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 and not that there'd be anything wrong with it, but nobody's asking you to sell uh, real estate right. or though, though that may, that may be the case, but it's not, people- it's not a, um, well, I have no choice or the, everything that I've done up to this point means nothing because nobody right. wants any of those, that skill set anymore. You, you, fun, you make sure that you develop that a set of skills that, um, you know, while you're doing what you're doing, you're making money for it, that you can develop into something else that, that either is not exactly what you want at the time, um, but could become something that you really like or, or something you've steered towards. Like, uh, I don't know that somebody's, somebody is working, um, you know, as a nurse and, you know, but they, but, or yeah, they work as a nurse, but they talk to all the, uh, the, the cops that come in with um, guys in the emergency ward that got beat up and then talk about to the cops about how to become a cop. And then they leave being a nurse. And all of a sudden they've got the skills about how to be a cop because they already talked to all the cops. I don't know. I'm just babbling right now, but you know, look at the opportunity to be able to develop something else for yourself. But what about that? You know, there's the old, do you work to live or do you live to work thing? Right now, and a guy like yourself and a guy like me, I'll, I can say, I, I, can, I won't speak on your behalf, but I have kind of, obviously I'm a father. I'm a, I'm a husband. I am. I'm a, I'm all kind of, we all play different roles in our lives, but probably one of the biggest roles and one of the roles I'm the most proud of is being a radio guy for 20 years, being involved in, I love right. it. I love being a radio guy. And you love, you right. said, you know, you're passionate about radio and about broadcast and about, you know, what about like when you were no longer a VJ, which I assume you kind of defined yourself by at the time, like, Hey, I'm a much music VJ. The day comes that you're not, uh, does is it just time? Well, is it just time that that you get used to that? Does it just take time? Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, you have to. I can only appreciate what you said um, subjectively, of course, because at that time, the internet, um, anything that you did that was web based was was new, right? And that was a passion of mine. Okay. So you, so when, a programmer, right? Um, you know, um, so that's what I did. I had so, something to move on to. I, okay, I right. was developing websites. Now I'm not, websites are a very extremely intricate, but at that time there wasn't software to build your own. There weren't GoDaddy's. No. There was none of that stuff. 
So that was terribly interesting, not very profitable, but it was terribly interesting. So right. no, I didn't worry about not being a VJ anymore because I had that to go to. I was looking forward to it. It was something I didn't, it was something that I, I was looking forward to developing. Right. Uh, and then that got, that got interrupted because, um, because I got an offer to go to Montreal. Right. Radio. Home. Right. Yeah. Go to show them. Yeah. Yeah. I um I wanted to ask you, and I, I didn't ask you before, but um I wanted to ask you about something personal about your sobriety, and I don't know if I can or not. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I yeah, yeah. you're public about it on your Facebook, so I, I I meant to ask you prior to, so thank you. Uh, no, how, no, no, it's okay. Yeah. How big uh how big a a part of your uh of your evolution as a person as uh your 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 evolution as a partner, your evolution as uh, an employee or a an entrepreneur. How big a part? Like, a, what when? What what the what role does your sobriety play in that? Well, you I could say what part did my drunkenness play in that? Right. Okay. <laughs> so, as I as I mentioned at the very beginning of this, that um, everything was serendipity. Yeah. So. Um, so having a drinking problem, um, brought me to a certain place. If I didn't have that drinking problem, then I wouldn't have gone to that place and I wouldn't have ended up here where I am. We don't, you know, we, we can guide our path, but we don't absolutely choose it. It's kind of fruitless. I mean, there was a guy years ago at uh, CKGM when I worked there, he had a five-year, he had a, he had a one-year plan, a two-year plan, a five-year plan and a 10-year plan. I'm going, what's the point? <laughs> like, honestly, are you telling me you're going to know what's happening in a year from now? I mean, you can have a notion, you can steer towards that, but you have a 10-year plan? I mean, sure, 10-year plan for putting money aside. You know, I get that. You know, yeah. Make sure I put 10% away every year. That's, that's not really a 10-year plan. <laughs> um, you know, that's just that's learning just, that's new just, skills as you go along is not a 10-year plan. Yeah, yeah. right. So, yeah, so the, the, yes, the sobriety, um, uh, I, pro- I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, has been um i wouldn't be the husband that i am right now not that i'm the greatest husband in the world i'm not but i wouldn't be the husband that i am right now had i not gone through that because during that period of time um my wife had to con- you know confront me with this and it was a it was really bad there there were times where it was really horrible so i had to kind of um pick up my socks and uh and 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 try and try and go straight and narrow didn't happen immediately um took a while it was just like one day people people ask me to uh be a sponsor or to give them advice about it and i don't really have any that's that's it's a fault because it just happened it just it just anything else is a horror story anything else is a like a war story as they say you know right god i did this or i did that i can't believe this that was like those are stories you tell about how stupid you were you know how faulted you are it doesn't really help anybody i mean it it helps them to the sense and they go well i'm not the only one yeah. uh, somebody else did that they don't feel alone but so far as yeah right i mean when you go to AA meetings, you're, you know, you're just supposed to keep going because if you, even if you can't relate to it, all of a sudden somebody's going to share and you're going to go, wait a second, that's me. Wait, whoa, wait a second, that's me. And you kind of get it. Then you feel like you're belonging and then you can move forward uh, from there because you feel like you're more part of a community than just having you know, forced yourself to go there out of desperation. Um, so uh, I, I reached the point where I, I just didn't want to drink anymore. And, 
And I, and fortunately enough, everybody says, be careful, be careful, be careful. And I get it. I've had absolutely zero inkling, zero inkling to drink or do drugs for, um, 11, 12 years now, I think. Yeah. Uh, and again, I couldn't explain to somebody, I could not explain to somebody, well, how'd you do that? I said, I don't know. Just it, I reached a point. That's it. So yes, being to answer your question, um, the sobriety, the sobriety, um, is the sobriety is a vital part, but it's not something that I, that I cling on to in desperation. I have a, I have a friend in Vancouver who has been sober for 25 years and she is, uh, 12, 15 years younger than me. Like basically she started AA when she was 19 or 20. How anybody knows that? I got another guy who was 17 when he started AA, been clean for like 30 years. Um, and they go, I it just, it's so not something I'm interested in that I don't, I'm not like them. I don't do that. Some people cling to it because they know if they make a, they know if they, they, at any time they could, they could, they could falter and they'd be back where they were and all that. And, you know, Steve, don't be so overconfident about it because that could happen to you too. I, and I, I realize that, but my sobriety is not something that I cling to because it's helped me move through, you know, to where I am right now. It's just, I don't drink anymore. Yeah. So, right. I mean, the reason, that may have been long-winded, but I no, I, I, I haven't first talked about this. So. No, it's wonderful. I appreciate your 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 candor. I um the reason I, one of the reasons I asked is because I you know we are friends on Facebook and I you know and you have posted about it, but but again it's not something as you've just kind of said you don't define yourself by it. But within the context of what this podcast is supposed to be about, you know the idea of change and you know something like that, like becoming sober for some people would be the biggest change in their life. But for you, it's Correct. just something you did. Correct. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I could be where I am now had I continued drinking. Right. But and, and I and I appreciate that. I appreciate my sobriety. I appreciate the people that that were you know that I still I still am friends with um, from my that home group of mine. But I don't go there anymore. They no. still do. Yeah. Um, I just I, I I just I found the people that I found the people, not the organization. I found the people that I I that I can relate to. Yeah. Um, and we can talk, I can talk about it in the distant past. I don't have to talk about it as a, as a relatable today issue. It's like, it's like uh, we, we talk about when we first got together at the meeting, it's not about what the meetings were about, but just getting to know each other back then. Um, and I'm completely rambling here, Bob, but um, yes, it doesn't, it, but my sobriety does not define me. No. Is there a moment? Are there a series of moments? Are there, um, a couple things that if you were to kind of look back at your life of uh, moments that you think truly changed who you are, things like maybe getting the, the much music VJ job, um, you know, maybe breaking your hip on television. Um, you know, are, are there, is there a moment or a few moments that you, that if you were to sum up the biggest complexities in your life or, you know, just are, are there a few things that you, if, if you were to think about, you steve anthony as the person that kind of helped define who you are now or is it or is it just a series and i feel like maybe i'm answering the question for you speaking of rambling i was gonna say i was gonna say hi bob go ahead you answer this is steve this is steve anthony brought a podcast then you go Go is there a couple 
do you have a couple moments in your life that you look back and go, wow, that was a huge day or that, that, that really no. changed everything. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Some people do. That's my point. Some yeah. No, do. no, no. And I, I, I thought, I think you thought you're waiting for the other shoe to fall. Cause I tell you something. No, no, I, I yeah, there are there. What's your favorite? What's your favorite interview, Steve? I don't know. God, there's so many of them. I, I really I think, do. I, 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 if I'm you're sure. forcing my hand, uh, sure, I probably could dig deep and find it. But so far as anything that stand out, like at what you're asking for, poignant moments, sure, yeah, along the Steve Anthony timeline, I can't, I can't, I can't think of any. And that's fair enough. Uh, it's not that, and it certainly isn't because I didn't pay attention to what I was doing along the way. Uh, it's just it's series of. Of, of things and changes and, and benefits and um, goals and nothing in particular. I feel. Um, so, yeah. So I'm sorry. I can't answer that question. No, I, 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 as I was asking it, I was like, I think well, I, I, did know answer, I did answer your I, question. You Actually, did. You I did. did. You answered yeah. it very definitively. You said no. Yeah. And as I was asking it, I kind of knew that that's what you were going to say because the way you've, you've talked about your life and how life is a series of events that, you know, you let happen, you only have so much control, but you can be prepared for. And I think that's the lesson to take from this is that you can't control. I would say, I would say that's pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, about what I was trying to say. Yeah. Uh, I only have uh, one more silly question to ask you. I would love to know, because I just watched it and I remember watching it. Um, Maybe you get sick of hearing about it. Tree toss. I loved tree toss. I thought tree toss was phenomenal. I lived... (laughs) Steve, I lived on a 10th floor of a balcony. I, I lived on the 10th floor. Apart- no, I, we did it. We did it. <laughs> we did it. Oh, did uh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. There were no... By the, I was watching the uh, review. Uh, I was watching like a compilation of all of them up to 2000 or so. And uh, I mean, we didn't have pyro like you did by the end. But my dad, actually, when I was a kid, he would throw the... He would throw the tree off the balcony Excellent. instead of getting rid, taking it down the elevator. It was... It was... Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people did that. It certainly yeah. turned into a, it turned into a crazy event. I will tell you this about the, the tree toss. Um, what I wanted to do, the last one I wanted to do would have been complicated, but you know, uh, around the CN tower, the world's tallest freestanding structure, uh, for the longest time, there was nothing. Uh, now there's just oh, right. yeah. a whole, a whole village, but there was, there was nothing. Um, it was just between, it was just that and then even Skydome. Skydome, yeah, that's but, about it. Yeah, Skydome Rogers Center now. So what I wanted to do because every year we added something to. Every year we made, got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, <laughs> and um, it became almost a, a religious event. Uh, I wanted to go get a get a helicopter. I wanted to run a line from the top of the CN Tower all the way down to the ground and have a pit dug that was camoed. <laughs> right you know where this, you know where this is going and have the helicopter come around and do the whole thing like we did the build up it would take an entire afternoon and then throw the tree and it would go by a by a um you know a pulley or whatever yeah like, a, it like an shoot all the way down that yeah hit, go through the camo and just blow up amazing and i went 
Yeah. And I went, that, that would be the way to go out. That would be the last tree toss. But I, I wasn't able to pull it together before I left. I watched the one where uh, it blew up on the way down. There's a few of them where it yes. blew up on the way down. But I was like, whose offices were those next to? Like, were those people expecting that? Oh, like, I don't know. That's, you know? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know. And it wouldn't matter. Literally, everyone in the building during the tree toss day, was everybody outside. in the building stopped doing it. Was it was like a, a holiday. Everybody, nobody had to, nobody had to no, be at their just, desk. Well, it's a great legacy. It's a out, great it legacy. Like, yeah, it was, it was, oh my God. It's like snow day. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. We don't have to work today. It's, it's tree, tree toss, toss day. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Uh, Steve Anthony, um, let's talk about, Let's uh, let's wrap up. Uh, Anthony's escapes. Yes, anthonysescape.com, A N T H O N Y S E S C A P E dot com. Uh, yeah, and it's not. We're not open right now because of COVID nineteen. Um, we uh, but we've got yeah to be. Uh, thank you for plugging it. It's a, it's a luxury retreat. It's not a bed and breakfast. It's got uh, kayaks and 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 um. We got snowshoeing in the winter and, and ski doos and we got boat trips and fishing trips and kayaks and, and paddle boards and bicycles and a huge pond with a fountain. And it's like eight acres and woods and trails. And it's like beautiful. I love that area. And uh, hopefully we can come out for a visit sometime and uh, give you some business and uh, check out the, uh, check out the digs. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time. I know you get a lot of requests to do this kind of thing. So uh, it means a lot. And- and, and, and in fact, it's a pleasure speaking with you always. We got to start making sense. This has been Bob's Basement. Thanks for listening. Thanks. That's the way it is. For more information, email Bob at bobwillette at gmail.com. That's Bob Willette. Like Gillette with a W. Follow Bob on Twitter at Bob Willette. Bob's Basement is available where you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time. Well, that's the way it is.